Welcome to the Orchard Podcast, a resource of Orchard Africa. The mission of Orchard Africa is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. For three decades, a passionate community of churches, leaders, and donors have worked together to feed, educate, care for, and empower under-resourced communities in Southern Africa. To date, Orchard Africa and its partners have served over 10 million meals to families in need, cared for over 75,000 orphan children, and enrolled 8,000 children in high-quality early learning programs. All of this takes place through local African leaders to help communities move from survival to stability to sustainability. Well, hello and welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable impact in the places of greatest need in our world. My name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa. And as always, uh, I have uh, the Orchard Africa co-founders here at the table, Mike and Michelle Tessendorf. Uh, Michelle is our CEO and provides leadership over the whole course of uh, the ministry of Orchard Africa. And Mike is our senior pastor and leader of the Orchard Network. Well, it's so good to uh, have all of us around the table again. Uh, Mike and Michelle, you've been at work in Africa for some time. So this is one of the first times we've actually been face-to-face in a long time. Mm -hmm. And so um, before we jump into our podcast today, we'd love to hear what are you seeing on the ground in in Africa that now that you've been able to be there? Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, We had a really blessed and uh, fulfilling time in Africa while we were there. But um, the observation is that South Africa is in the long, slow process of recovery after all the COVID lockdowns and the impact and ripple effect that went along with that. And one of the sad um, outworkings of all those lockdowns is, of course, the job losses. And even though the economy is recovering slowly, we we observed lots and lots and lots of stores and, and small businesses that are still closed uh, some of them operating at uh, sort of half day, half half of the week mm. of of being open, and uh, the biggest uh, victims of that whole thing is the hospitality industry, uh, the service industry, and in the communities where uh, we serve, that is the where most of the people used to have jobs, and those jobs have not come back, and so there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are still not back at work. And the prospects of them getting a job back seem very, very small until the yeah. economy really swings back into you know, full, full um, strength again. And so <clears throat> economic um, challenge and yeah. uh, food security and just the financial means to be able to meet basic needs is something that thousands of people still are not able to do. And... Um, it's 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 heartbreaking. Yeah, right. And so yeah. uh, the way we're responding in South Africa, uh, top of the priority list is of course uh, food security. People are hungry. Uh, people don't have jobs, and both adults and children are hungry. And so what we're observing, and what we're responding to, is not just feeding projects for children, but food parcels that are going home to families because entire mm-hmm. families are hungry. So right mm. up there on our priority list is uh, our feeding projects and our, our food parcels. 
Um, but then also what we've been doing, which has been really phenomenal, is the training. We have outstanding training happening in our impact centers, uh, training people how to grow their own vegetables. Uh, and this has been a really sought after course where people have come to realize that they can't just go out and buy their food because they don't have the money for it. And so they're learning how to grow their own food. And yeah. so that training mm. has truly taken off. But then also the training for caregivers. Uh, people are, are hurting out there. People are sick. Malnutrition is starting to show. And so our caregivers are out there in uh, the communities caring for people. And uh, we continue with our training to our caregivers. Um, so yes, a lot of activity on the ground uh, that we're doing in South Africa to keep uh, the churches that we partner with really active and engaged in their communities and meeting very felt needs. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a really hard time. Uh, it's a time of great need. It's a time of a lot of families are, are completely uh, destitute. Correct. And at the same time, um, the church is is moving forward, and the church yeah. is uh, is really that city on the hill right now. Right. That there's there's hope and absolutely the yeah. tr the church is truly first responders. They're right there where the needs are and uh, are responding. It's wonderful to see that. It gives me hope when I see the church doing what the church mm. should be doing. Mm. Yeah, for me, it was just a great experience to have face to face, in person, up close and personal time yes. with those yes. pastors and just hear their passion. Mm. Um, obviously, there, there, there's deep concern, but the passion and the determination that they have that we are committed to doing something mm. to make a difference in whatever way we can, mm. I think it's a wonderful testimony of the church. Mm. So the church is doing everything it can do in South Africa, and uh, frankly, there just aren't enough resources to meet all the needs. Mm. And so this past month, we launched an initiative, a recovery initiative called Respond Together, and uh, if you follow Orchard Africa um, on social media or via email, uh, you've heard some about uh, the ways that we're going to restock our food pantry and uh, rebuild through training and, um, and relaunch uh, network gatherings and all these things to give them the resources and tools that they need to help bring their community to a place of recovery. And uh, if you're listening today, um, there's an opportunity for you to be a part of that. Uh, we're uh, we're working to raise sixty thousand dollars, and uh, good news is we're we're about seventy seventy five percent there. Wonderful. We're almost yeah. there. Wonderful. And so uh, there's still opportunity though to jump in and be a part of it. You can go to our website www.orchardafrica.org uh, forward slash respond, and that'll give you all the details about how you can be a part of bringing recovery to these places of, of great need. So thank you so much for all of you who've already jumped in and give uh, have given so generously. Uh, we could not do what we do uh, without without the community. So thank you, for, yeah, thank you for that. Absolutely. So grateful. And really, the this moment in, uh, in history of the ministry of Orchard Africa is really a reflection of what's been happening for 30 years that um, from day one— uh, the ministry of, uh, of compassion uh, and the ministry of um, sharing the hope and the love of Christ to people in need began um, with uh, uh, you, Mike and Michelle, out of the church that uh, you were serving together in the Northwest province. And uh, you, in the midst of seeing the needs of your community and seeing children who uh, were literally starving, that um, your Christian faith 
compelled mm. you mm. that there needed to be some response. Um, just like First John four nineteen says that um, it was because God loved us first that we love others. And so from the very beginning, the very genesis of Orchard Africa, it started with this sense of because of who God is, uh, we're, we're mandated, we're called, we're, we're driven to, to give. Right, right. Absolutely right. Um, I think it's important to say here that uh, we believe that ultimately man's greatest need is a spiritual need. Um, God created us. God loves us. God has a plan for our lives. Um, and all of us need to be reconciled mm. to yeah. that God. Mm. And that's why Jesus came, to reunite us with the God who loves us and who has a plan for our lives. And ultimately, that plan is to transform us spiritually. Um, and we know, and it's, it's a joy to know, that the churches that we partner with, week after week after week, in their regular church services and other church um, programs, are proclaiming that message, that we need to uh, recognize what Jesus did on the cross, and we need to experience the transformation in yes. our lives that Jesus came to bring. And really, if it was not for what Jesus did in our lives, Michelle and mine, we probably would not be doing mm. what we do today because spiritually something happened. Yes, correct. But, you know, we also believe, and I think this is getting to the heart of today's uh, message, is that in addition to saving souls, Jesus also met the physical needs of people. Jesus went around and he healed the sick. He cared for the poor. He fed the hungry. And based on the amount of time Jesus spent on meeting physical needs, um, as well as talking about the need to do so, it is clear Jesus thought it was important to respond to human suffering. The value Jesus places on human welfare is great. Mm. Yeah, and that's the topic for today. We're going to have a conversation today that helps us to think through what what does missions look like? What does ministry look like in the context of, of the church? And when we look at the Gospels, we see over and over again, uh, when we look at Jesus, his life, we see over and over again that Jesus spent so much time meeting people's physical needs, mm. um, caring for people that were suffering. And so I want us to have a conversation where we can talk about what do we learn from that example of how much emphasis Jesus placed on meeting people's needs. Right. Uh, and I think this is really important. It's an important question to answer um, for churches and for Christians as individuals, uh, because there's been so much of a divide over the last century or two amongst Christians about whether the church should focus on saving people's souls or meeting people's needs. You know, mm -hmm. this thing about mm. evangel evangelism versus humanitarian aid. And really, it's a false dichotomy because followers of Jesus should be doing both, just as Jesus did both. It's not an either mm. or, it's mm. a both. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So um, let me throw out a question. Was Jesus a humanitarian? Mm. Um, I'm going to mm. jump in mm. and say yes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Um, I would say that not only was he a humanitarian, but that probably... He was the greatest humanitarian ever. Um, and for me, Jesus uh, got up, uh, it's recorded in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus publicly announced his ministry, 
And, uh, you know, we, we so often quote this verse, but I think we sometimes miss the impact of what Jesus was wanting us to understand. Um, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he goes into some detail, firstly, to proclaim the good news to the poor. And I know you can interpret that different ways, but that's the gospel. Mm. Uh, spiritually poor, physically poor, materially poor, there's good news for those people. Right. But then he went on and he said, uh, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives, to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed. Some translations say those who are downtrodden. Mm. And so outside of uh, the, the gospel message of salvation, Jesus announced his ministry by saying there are certain physical things that I'm here to, uh, to take care of. And um, these, were, these are real people. I mean, these are people who are brokenhearted. These are people who are captive, who are poor, who are blind, who are downtrodden. And at the outset of Jesus' ministry, he said, hey, guys, uh, I'm a humanitarian because this mm. is what I'm going to come and do. I'm going to look after your physical well-being, which really is what a humanitarian... A humanitarian is somebody who is committed to the welfare yeah. or the well-being yeah. of humanity. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, why do you think Jesus spent so much time meeting people's actual needs, their felt needs? Yeah, let me jump in on that one because when we look at the life of Jesus, we, we see that, that Jesus um, spent a lot of time healing the sick and caring for the poor and and one of the first things that comes to mind it, why he would do that is because it, it, it reflects the very character of, of right. God. And Jesus was fully God, fully man. And so he was God walking around on earth. And so when we saw him doing these things, it reflected ultimately who, who God is. That mm. He's a, a God of compassion mm. and a God of care, a God who is near, not far away. And so it reflects the character of God. And I, I think it also reflects the fact that Jesus cared about in, injustice. And that those who um, day in and day out, sometimes minute by minute, were, uh, were alone and suffering and with no one to care for them, and that that was not okay. And Jesus responded to that. Also, uh, when, we, uh, when we think about uh, the world, not only does uh, sin impact our soul, but it, it, we see in God's Word that it really breaks creation. It breaks mm. society. It breaks down family. And yeah. so what Jesus came um, to heal. He, he heals our soul mm -hmm. and reunites us with, with God. But then we also see him transforming and healing society and family. And, mm. um, you know, Jesus uh, said, love your neighbor as yourself. This, this is why Jesus is doing because this is an example of, of that. This is what that looks like. And really, right at, you know, in the Gospel of Mark, right out of the gate, uh, right out of the gate he talks about this kingdom that was coming mm. on earth. And that it was at hand, that it was close by. And even Jesus taught uh, that we should pray, uh, you know, God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we think about the mission and the work of Jesus, we see that um, there's a forgiveness and a spiritual aspect, but then there's also this kingdom that he talked about over mm. and over again in parables and right. the way that they lived out. That, that the kingdom is this, and I, I love this uh, idea that the kingdom... It, is the kingdom of God is what life looks like when God's in charge. Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, healing, um, caring for people, 
were just an absolute integral part of Jesus' ministry because, as you said, uh, it's it's part of showing the world what it looks like when God is in charge. And so people people are cared for. People's needs are met. Uh, brokenness is, 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 is addressed and vulnerable people are mm. responded to um, because really that shows what God looks like mm-hmm. practically. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there, there's this, the old cliche which is worth repeating is it's very hard to convince somebody God loves them when their stomach is rumbling so hard they can't even hear what you're saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jesus addressed that. I'm, I'm reminded of uh, an incident which uh, is recorded in Matthew chapter 11 when um, John was in prison and heard about all the deeds that Jesus was doing. And um, he, he sent his disciples out to go and find out, is, is this the Messiah? Is this the one who is to come or should we be waiting for somebody else? And Jesus' answer was this. He said, go back and report to John what you hear and see. He said, the blind receive sight. The lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And so, guys, do you want evidence that the Messiah is here? Here it is. Uh, There's a gospel message that's being preached, but there is a ministry of welfare and humane care to people who have got serious uh, physical and and material needs. Right. So that character of God that Jesus came to show the world is if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Mm. And so it was worked out in these very practical ways that people could see. Yeah. It it wasn't just a philosophy of salvation, although uh, that is so important. But it was lived out in the way that he responded to these needs. Yeah, it really is a it's a both and, isn't it? That yes, yes, it's absolutely it's word and it's and it's deed. And uh, when you look at the life of Jesus, you can't break those apart. That they were happening at the same time, and uh, and so as you said earlier, Michelle, it really is this false dichotomy that there's a sense that. Well, is it one or is it the other? Is mm. it is it evangelism or is it? Uh, is it meeting people's needs? And when you look at the life of Jesus, it was you, you, you can't take those apart. Right. Yeah, Michelle mentioned that dichotomy um, when we started this um, conversation. And I think a part of that dichotomy is uh, some really genuine fears that certain Christians have about, so what if we go down this road? What if we acknowledge that Jesus was humanitarian? What if we acknowledge that we should follow his example? And, and one of the fears is this concern that uh, if we go down that road, um, works will end up replacing grace. And again, if, if we l- just listen to the words of Jesus, I, I believe all the works he did were a result of grace. It was mm. an overflow of grace. And right. so, again, it's not one or. Mm. It's, it's, it's both and. It's hand in glove, the two fit correct, together. Correct, correct. Mm. And then there's this thing of, well, if, if, if we focus too much on the humanitarian side, then the social gospel is going to replace the true gospel. Um, and again, um, it's, it's going to be the same answer. Um, Jesus' concern for physical well-being and material well-being was as much uh, a concern as he was interested in spiritual well-being. And so the gospel... I don't think the gospel should ever be classified as social or 
something else. It's just the gospel. It's good news. Mm-hmm. No matter mm-hmm. what your mm-hmm. need is, it's mm-hmm. good news. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And then uh, the other fear is that if we focus too much on humanitarian efforts towards who Jesus called the least of these, uh, we're going to stop evangelizing. And um, the only way I can kind of respond to, to that fear is what if, uh, by caring actively for the least of these, it turned out to be a really powerful form of true evangelism and drew people to Jesus anyway. Right, and we've seen exactly Mm -hmm. that happen. Mm -hmm. Story after story in the work of Orchard Africa that people's lives being transformed um, holistically uh, through through compassion and through meeting people's needs. There's a great story of um, uh, a young woman named uh, Namli Kama, and uh, she was uh, within one of the communities of one of our partner churches and was adamant that uh, she wanted nothing to do with God and she wanted nothing to do with the church because the church were just people who judged people and didn't care about people and so uh, wasn't a part of anything going on, anything related to her faith. And then uh, this partner church then um, offered an agriculture course. And uh, she, she was in need of um, some skills to be able to provide for her family. And so she said, well, even though I, you know, I don't believe in uh, the church or what it's about, I'm going to go because I, I, I need, to, uh, need to have this need met in my life. And then she went there. And over the course of the week, she learned uh, how to grow her own food and uh, learned about how uh, God is at work as a provider. And, uh, and then just rubbed shoulders with a whole bunch of people who, who love Jesus. And by the end of the week, when she was given her certificate of having completed the, the workshop, uh, uh, the pastor said, uh, Pastor Happyboy, he said, uh, you know, this is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And right. shared about the love of Christ. Uh, she left that day, and there's sort of a question mark uh, you know, what kind of impact did that have? And then, uh, surprise, you know, the surprise to, to everybody was that she showed up on Sunday morning and, uh, she sat through the service. And then afterwards, uh, she, uh, she said this, and I'm quoting, uh, from, from pastor happy boy here. He said, um, she, she recalled back to him, pastor, I've, I've found a home here and I didn't know how amazing the church is. I had a wrong idea about God. I had a wrong idea about the church, but now um, I've I've changed and I'm willing to serve God no matter what. And uh, and then this is just one of the amazing stories of transformation that that church is celebrating. But it started with this act of compassion, mm. this act right. of grace. Not uh, you're not a three point sermon. Sermon, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she saw the character of God. Uh, through those very practical things that she learned. And Mm. that's a wonderful story, which makes me uh, think about a story of Donald. Donald was a a nine-year-old boy when we got to know him many years ago. And him and his brothers were very hungry and uh, turned up at our feeding project. And for a long time, uh, Donald was part of that feeding project. He then also joined the church's uh, soccer team. And he he turned out to be a really talented soccer player. Uh, We helped him at our after-school learning Mm -hmm. center. Um, Through all of this, Donald wasn't coming to church. He was just attending the programs. 
But then just like um, Nomle, one day he turned up at church. He just decided, well, you know, these Christians don't seem to be so horrid after all. <laughs> they, they're feeding me mm. and they're helping me with my homework. And the pastor's even playing soccer with me. And so he turned up at church and he never left. And we are now decades later. And what I love about Donald's story is he's now an associate pastor in the mm, very mm, church mm. that started feeding him when That's he was so a nine-year-old boy. Mm. Um, and that, again, is just the character of Christ um, being revealed to him in very practical ways. It wasn't a sermon necessarily that drew him to Christ. It was uh, really the good works mm. that drew him and intrigued him, and he turned up in church and was open and recept- receptive to the message of the gospel. That's so great. And he might never have turned up at church, neither could uh, maybe Nomle never have turned up in church if all these other things didn't happen prior to them coming to church. Right. So ministering practically to people is evangelism. Absolutely. Mm. In these Mm. cases, certainly, Mm. yeah. Well, I think it's the case uh, in Africa. It's the case uh, here in the United States and everywhere that when people know that uh, you genuinely, authentically care about them, they're more open to hear what you have to say. Right. And I think it's important for us to point out as an organization, we don't give only to those who give their lives to the Lord. We don't say, well, if you come to church or if you commit your life to Christ, then you can attend our agriculture course or then mm-hmm. you can attend our feeding project. We believe that grace and love comes first. Mm. It's what Jesus uh, modeled for us is this absolute grace and love toward humanity. And it's that love that draws people to him. It's love that never fails. It draws them to Christ and to the message of the gospel. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I think it's really helpful if we just take a step back and try and see the world from the perspective of those who Jesus called the least of these. Um, We we, we, want to debate and... uh, discuss and reason of is this a gospel or isn't it the gospel and was Jesus a humanitarian and should we be involved in this type Mm -hmm. of uh, ministry but really if if we look at the world through the eyes of those who are the least of these and think about the, 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 the incident where Jesus used that term when he said I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison mm. and you came mm. to me. And of course, the, the, the righteous want to know, well, when did we do that? Yeah. And Jesus' response to them was, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And really, if you, if you read the entire passage, you see the whole gospel message, the aspect of salvation, and humanitarian ministry mm. all wrapped up mm. um, in this account and, and, right. and, uh, and the words that Jesus spoke. And so when we look at the world through the eyes of the least of these, I think it helps us move beyond should we or shouldn't we. I think it helps us into the realm of, yes, it's a both and and. Right. Realizing that those in that situation uh, need more than for us just to pray a prayer for them, and sometimes more than even them just praying a prayer for themselves. Right. Um, and our goal 
And I'd, I'd like to speak this out to every church, every missions director, outreach leader, Christian. Is our goal should be to work towards a world where the least of these become fewer mm. and fewer. Mm. Oh, yeah. That, mm. That's beautiful. I love the way that you, uh, you took those words of Jesus that um, we, we've probably heard before and put it in the context of what, what is our real mission and purpose? Mm. When I think about the words that Jesus spoke there, he was actually speaking that in the context of between now and when I return. Yeah. Here's what you're supposed to be about. This is, these are your marching orders. This is your purpose. This is your mission. And he's talking about end times and all of that. And it's a really interesting passage in the context of, of what he's talking about. But it really is this, this is what you're supposed to be doing between now and the completion of, of all things and the return mm. of Christ. This is, this is our purpose. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Um, that in addition to saving souls, Jesus also at all these other wonderful things um, and we to follow in his footsteps uh, he was our example and mm. uh, it it's, it behooves us to to continue in his way mm. well i'd invite you maybe this week let this message be a springboard for you to be thinking about the life the ministry of jesus and your own mission in life it might be even you choose matthew mark luke or john and just read the passage and think about uh, the way that Jesus balanced both of those things. And uh, <clears throat> I know that um, as you do that, you'll see the holistic picture of, of the gospel. Uh, thank you for jumping in and being a part of this, um, this conversation and spending the time to listen in. And we really value uh, the community that's being formed uh, through this podcast and through... Uh, so many people giving generously and through people's prayers and support and mission trips. And uh, we, we really are in this together. And one of the ways that we do that um, in real specific ways is, is through the Orchard community. It's a, it's a group of passionate and committed monthly givers who are uh, equipping the church to care for the vulnerable. And if you haven't yet joined the Orchard community, uh, we would love to have you uh, to take that step. You can do that by going online to our website and right on our main page there you can find uh, ways to take that next step and so thank you to all of you who uh, who give um, uh, week in and week out month in month out we uh, we so value being able to to serve with you mm. and to do ministry with you and ultimately that um, as as you just said Mike the the, the least would become less yes and yes. less yes prevalent. yes well, thank you again. Have a, a fantastic month until we uh, we we gather again to uh, to talk again. It was Thanks. lovely talking to you. Bye bye. Bye bye.